Welcome to 2024. Here we go. First podcast of the new year, number 21. I couldn't find any catchy little music or anything to play behind this intro because really what what music do you use or sound effects for New Year's? I couldn't think of anything. Uh, let's get going right away here. I'm going to be adding uh, a once a week video uh, to this format probably next week. So look for that. And then I'm going to begin a little bigger push on the social media and all that. So you may see some changes coming uh, and some new things. I got some great reviews to do and whatnot. So uh, we're going to go over some racing stuff. There's uh, interesting profile. I, I did some research on Luca Schwartzbauer and some great uh, cyclocross stuff that has happened over the last few weeks. And I got a couple of my favorite products that I've uh, bought over the last year. I didn't buy too much, but there's a couple of things I really liked. So let's get rolling. Number 21. Here we go. This is Short Travel Magazine. Short Travel Magazine. Interesting tidbits. Curated just for you. All right, a couple quick tidbits here. Since, at least where I'm at, in the upper Midwest in the United States, it is cold. I, I can't really say it's uh, horrible winter weather, i got to be honest. It's uh, been in around the 30s and 40s, even upper 40s, pretty much all the way until now. So I'm sure we're going to get completely hammered in in the next couple weeks because every time you think oh it's been so warm out and what a great December and January and then we get about uh, five feet of snow all at once and miserably cold sometimes all the way into April so I should have been out riding a lot more than I have I've pretty much stopped riding outdoors mainly just because of the holidays and Christmas and a little bit of laziness so I've been doing some of my Zwifting um, I've been doing that for many years I don't know, five years now maybe and my goal this fall was to do more of it than I did last year in 22 and I've only done a few rides so I'm I've once again back to being extremely inconsistent with that uh, but what it did do this year is make me kind of look at alternatives to Zwift mainly because I really don't use even a tenth of the features of Zwift. I just don't. I never have. I've never, every time I try to do a group ride or a race or an event, people hammer so fast off the, the front of these things that I, I just did one last night. The first one I've done in a long time, um, it was part of the Tour de Zwift. It's just like, uh, you know, like a stage one I think it was like a 16-mile, uh, all watt classes from 1.0 to 5. And right off the bat, people are going two, 300, you know, FTPs. Right, horsepower is insane. And I, I just, that, that doesn't, I, I don't like doing that. It's not how I prefer to do my, I just like to kind of get a good 20, 
15 to 20 minute warm up and then just kind of vary it. I'm not looking to get into Tour de France shape with my Zwifting, so I really don't use it pretty much at all. So it got me looking at a few other alternatives. Um, full gas is one that I've tried, Ruvi, and what really caught my attention was a new free one called My Whoosh. Uh, you may have seen My Whoosh be uh, mentioned. They kind of took over um, from Zwift as the e, e World Championships platform. Clearly, they just dumped a cash load of money uh, to become the platform of choice because it's a free program right now. It's kind of in the beta form from what it looks like. And I thought, you know what? If it's free and I really just need something to basically track my time and miles... I don't do any of the social stuff. I don't do any of the messaging. I don't do any of the groups. I don't do any of that stuff. I just want to, you know, look at something while I'm pedaling. So, and it's free. I don't need to blow 15 bucks a month on Zwift if I'm not using it. So I did try it once. Um, I actually like Full Gas the best because it allows you to upload your own videos and people have uploaded some videos of trails and paths, bike paths, that I actually have ridden on right here in Illinois. It was kind of cool to ride uh, this one particular, uh, it's kind of a bike path thing, but it's got some ups and downs and curves. And um, I mean, I, I watched this as if I had taped it myself. It was kind of cool. But it didn't really, you know, didn't really matter that much. Uh, I was on a free trial. But I believe it's the same price. Most of these things have now kind of settled on 15 bucks a month seems to be the going rate. So I was looking, hey, if something's a few bucks cheaper, I would have tried it out. So my whoosh comes along, hey, it's free, right? So I immediately found the same issue I have with a few of these others is that they do not have Apple TV uh, versions. So you have to run it off of your phone um, sometimes not even off your Mac. I'm a Mac computer guy. Uh, some of them don't even have Mac versions. It's basically your iPhone, iPad, or Android, or PC. Uh, and that's a deal breaker. I tried running it off of my phone and sending it to my TV with, uh, what is it, AirPlay. And it, I could hardly read the, the screen. It just looked like crap. It was a little, it had a little delay. I, it just was not pleasant. I will give Zwift credit, uh, where it's due. They've got all the platforms covered very well. I've been running on a, an older Apple TV 4K and it runs perfect. So that leaves full gas and a few others. So I'm going to go back and do a fresh look um, since I, you know, you can pause or cancel Zwift and restart it again. I may just try one of these other platforms where it's based mainly on just actually writing and not uh, being part of events and groups. So curious as to what my whoosh is going to end up like. Um, there's no way it's going to be free forever, I'm assuming. So we'll see what happens. I, I didn't particularly like it anyway. Some of the uh, the places that you're riding are, you know, they're, I'm, I'm not trying to be a wise guy or a racist or anything, but they're Middle Eastern riding all over. The, it just felt very strange. I just wanted, you know, normal, generic, I, I, again, I, I, I do give Zwift credit. They have generic desert scenes and forests. 
and all that type of stuff. So that's really what I'm looking for. Maybe that's just because, you know, my wish isn't for me right now. But uh, it is tempting with a free option. So anyway, that also leads me to, I'd love to know if anybody, I've read some reviews, but um, the kicker move has got me extremely intrigued because of the ability to rock side to side a little bit. A fair amount from what it looks like in the uh, videos I've seen. And of course, front to back. I'm not so worried about front to back. I would love a little side to side movement. And I may try rigging up my own kind of rocker plate thing. I actually have mine. I'll show you this in a video. I have my kicker and my kicker climb mounted to a plywood platform that I built myself. And I installed these four uh, caster wheels with these foot levers that typically you'd put on a workbench. That's what they're designed for. They go they're casters with a foot pedal that you can step on and it will raise the object up off the ground so you can roll it around and then you flip the levers and the feet uh, fold up and now the thing is sitting on the ground. So it worked great. I built these little legs. If I want to move my entire uh, kicker bike thing, I can unplug it, flip these four levers and the whole entire bike thing rolls around on wheels like a shopping cart. It's really cool and it got me thinking, hey, it wouldn't be that much more work to put some type of foam balls or something under it and kind of give the whole platform kind of a a uh, little bit of movement. But I really do really got my eye on a, on a kicker move. I was hoping they might do some discounts on them, you know, over the holidays and they did not and they're very expensive. My old kickers kind of make has always been making some weird noises the last couple years, and don't think it's really worth much anymore. Think it's a version four maybe. Still works. It's just kind of makes some flywheel noises, and I'm in no desire to rip the thing apart. Long out of warranty, so I may end up with a kicker move if the weather turns crappy and I really need to spend more than 45 minutes to an hour, two or three days a week on it. But anyway, that's it for that. Let's get into some racing stuff here real quick. Racing news and views. All right. First off, uh, USA Cycling um, membership, which people who don't race probably don't know or care what that is, but uh, you all know who USA Cycling is. Basically any event, and it's mainly seems to be road races and some some cyclocross races uh, are, of course, require a U.S. a cycling license, which I used to have. I've off and on had these yearly um, membership things going back to the early 90s when Norba started and all that stuff. So I haven't really. Aside from two years ago, I went ahead and joined for, I think it was 79 or 100 bucks a year. And the only reason I did that is because I was going to do a whole bunch of mountain bike and cyclocross races. I calculated out there was a $10 uh, one-day pass that you tacked on to all your race fees. And I did some math, and I was going to do around six mountain bikes and four or five. So I went ahead and just did it so I didn't, just to save me the hassle. And I could write it off. So... I did that, but then they jacked the price way up. It was like 150 bucks or something, 
And now it's $15 for a one-day race. This was just a few years ago. It was 10 bucks a day, two, two years ago maybe. So I'm like, geez, that's 50%. They just, I guess what, nobody's supposed to notice five bucks. Well, these race fees are starting to get expensive. I mean, by the time you pay that one-day fee, it could be 70 bucks to race a, a local cross-country, you know, state race, not even a, a, an, a any type of event or series. So... I don't know. It kind of bummed me out. But anyway, I did get a notice uh, right towards the end of December. It was only good till December 31st. I think I had a week or two window. And they were offering a $49 deal for all of 2024. And it was specifically written to, you know, somebody who had paid the $15 last year, which I think I paid through four four or five times that $15. I can't remember. And so I thought, hey, you know what? That's actually, I don't think I would really lose anything. I might actually come out a few bucks ahead. So I went ahead and did it. Uh, 49 bucks out the door for a whole, now that to me is actually all it's worth. I hate to say it. I know they have expenses and all that's part, you know, they blame, uh, not blame, but they mention the Olympics. You know, they're the ones in charge of sending our, I get it. 50 bucks is nothing nowadays for a whole year, but, um, so I did it. So I don't know if you get that notice over now, but if you got that notice, that, that was probably the best deal you'll ever get on an actual racing, uh, license. All right, let's talk some cyclocross real quick. Um, I don't know now that, uh, GCN plus is dead. I have not found, uh, any, Simple way to watch these live cyclocross races like I used to. Now I can, I found a YouTube channel, actually two, that will show the actual live streams of these races at in real time. However, there's no commentary of any kind. And it's already, I'll be first to admit, kind of boring to watch, you know, a cyclocross race where the somebody gets out in front for eight laps over the course of an hour and almost nothing happens behind them without some commentary. I, I, I need the count. I like Jeremy Powers, uh, the American cyclocross uh, hero. He's, he knows a lot of stuff. So I, I like the, uh, I like the commentary. So I've paid nothing. I can see him, but they're painful to listen to and watch. Um, but I did find another channel where it's one to two days later they will post the full race uh, with the commentary, the same commentary that I was getting on GCN+. Question, you know, but then it go, well, it's not live. It was always kind of fun to watch it, like, while it happened. Uh, so, anyway, I've watched most of them. Um, I just kind of fast-forward through a lot of the middle. But if you haven't, there, Holst is one of them. Uh, that's one of the big races. The courses that some of these dudes are racing on are insane. I, I mean, it almost makes cross-country courses look like a walk in the park. You add, and the sand, some of the, in the these hills where you have to, you know, shoulder your bike and walk up the hills, are almost straight up and down. I mean, these, I don't know, they, the, the bike handling skills of these dudes on, you know, 28 mil tires, tiny little knobs is is actually remarkable i have to say um but it's it, it, they're great to watch now some of them the earlier ones in the year were kind of flat and boring but you get in a good 
dose of rain and mud and the incredible sand dunes that some of these places have. Uh, and it's been incredible. Now, of course, Van Vanderpool is so far ahead of everybody else. I'm not even sure what to think of it, to be honest with you. In fact, I think I saw a headline today. He won his 12th in a row. He's won every single race he's entered, if I'm not mistaken. And old Wout Van Aert, who last year was kicking his butt pretty reliably, has looked almost normal. You know, second, third, some of these races, he'd be back in sixth or seventh for almost the whole race. So um, I don't know what Vanderpool did or is doing, but if he's really like that right now, his um, dream of double Olympic gold with the road race and the mountain bike race doesn't actually seem that far-fetched anymore. And certainly the mountain bike race doesn't seem that far-fetched. It's not a technical course at all. Last, uh, last I saw this summer in the test, I don't see any reason why he could not treat it like a cyclocross race and go out and literally kill everybody from lap one. Um, even Pidcock is nowhere near keeping up with, with him. Speaking of Pidcock, old Tom Pidcock, uh, he's been starting like in, you know, 30th, 40th, uh, at these races. And just like in the world cups this last couple years, he would slowly work his way, sometimes not so slowly, um, all the way up uh, onto the podium, second and third. And it's really, it's unbelievable if you think about how many people he, and he's passing the best of the rest, you know, these other guys, the, the, the Pim Rondhars, the Vanderhars, and all the other Vanda Vandas uh, from that part of the world. These guys are the top of the top. Uh, you take Vanderpool and Wout out of these, and these, these guys are unbelievable. And he just, he ends up passing them all. And uh, I don't know, maybe on a mountain bike course, uh, a Pidcock and Vanderpool Olympic Games might be, might be amazing. That's, you know, and then you got the other regular mountain bikers. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be a great uh, Olympics. I hope Vanderpool kind of gets things together and figures out a way to give it his all. I, d I just like that guy. He's He's my favorite cyclist in many, many years, as is most people would probably agree. I just like the way he d goes about it. Um, so let's let's move on from, from enough about that. Let's talk mountain biking. Let's talk about uh, Luca. This is all about Luca. My name is Luca. Isn't that a song from the 90s? Uh, Luca Schwartzbauer or Schwartzpower. Schwartzpower, I think is how they say it. Uh, the dude just resigned for Canyon for three years again, which not surprising. They'd have to kind of be nutty to let him go. But it got me thinking, uh, you know, he kind of showed up out of nowhere. Um, all of a sudden he's, you know, kind of at the front of short tracks and everybody started going, Hey, who, who is this dude? Um, and he's, he's definitely a, a short track kind of specialist but it's clear he that's not his goal he he wants to win the long races too and I, that's pretty cool he came pretty close so anyway i pulled up his uh data uh in race results and they kind of have he's 27 which actually seems about right because he's been around but he started racing in 2013 as a junior 
and 2013, 2014. In fact, he actually won the uh, European, well, he won World Cups as uh, a junior. He had a great, you know, but the under 23 years are a little foggy, and I'm not exactly sure why. In fact, in 20, so 2013, 2014, he had some good results when he was uh, young. And then 2015, he had zero results. And 16 and 17, he had almost nothing going on. Not exactly sure. He's ranked like 268th in 2016 with only 130 points. 130 points means he hardly raced any uh, official. In fact, 2015, he's ranked almost 800 with only 30 points. That tells me he didn't really race. Those are the under 23 years. Uh, 2018, he did a little better. He's ranked 99th. 2019, he's ranked 69th. 2020, he's ranked 65th. I mean, these are not, you know, those are great for like kind of a local dude. In 2021, he was ranked 28th. So it was really 22, you know, where he's ranked 16th and he had 1,000 points. And then, of course, you know, last year, um, he ended up ranked 4th and he won, won all kinds of races and things. So, I don't know. I, he's my probably right now my favorite mountain biker. I just like the way he does things. So the fact that he's going to be on Canyon for three more years, I think, is a good sign. He's got uh, as good a shot as anybody at winning some uh, some World Cups in 2024, if his last year or two or any indication. So Luca Schwartzbauer is going to be my racer of the month. I just invented that right now, uh, but I just like the dude. And I can't wait to see what happens next year. So good on him for getting three more years. I think that's what he might need is some consistency. And uh, I like that he's still has no dropper post. Let's see if he changes that. He's mentioned that he could potentially use one. So let's see what happens. Um, one other thing about uh, team changes while we're talking of Luca and teams. I don't know if anybody noticed, but there's been virtually... No uh, team changes. I mean, very minor minor things from some people who are kind of farther down, probably in the top 50. A couple here and there, but I think uh, I'm, my theory is being an Olympic year, they wanted to get their athletes locked up like in 2022, do at least a two-year contract, maybe some of them do three years, and then maybe in 25 is when you'll start seeing. You may see some retirements, People are talking about Nino retiring finally. I don't know if that would happen. He's he's still better than almost everybody else on any given weekend. So I don't know. But I think, you know, 2025 is going to be the interesting year for teams. There may even be a few teams completely going under. I don't know if anybody's paying attention. The downhill and the enduro world is... Uh, it seems like half the teams have completely just disbanded or the big teams have gotten rid of their longtime riders. Uh, hasn't happened on the cross country side at all, but I, I bet next year is when it will be kind of doomsday in that regard. I hope not. So let's talk some gear real quick here. Changing gears, more new stuff we don't really need. All right, let's talk gear canyon let's since we're talking to luca today we'll make it a canyon themed uh podcast 
I uh, was going to, or at least I was seriously considering buying a Canyon Luxe World Cup bike earlier in the year. I had some major issues with my suspension and lockouts, and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of this thing and buy a new bike. My bike is a 2016, and the suspension on it actually came out in 2013. So at this point, we're looking at essentially 10-year-old technology, which still works. I ended up making do and finding some old um, replacement part kits. I got them actually dirt cheap because I think they finally have discontinued this stuff formally. And all the places I bought it from are just trying to get rid of this stuff. So, you know, like a $35 seal kit would be, you know, 8 bucks, And I find an found an entire damper... Uh, with lockout mechanism, normally like 250 bucks. I think I paid $24. So uh, I just kind of redid everything and uh, probably going to keep it 2024, at least one more year, maybe two more years. But anyway, um, I, I was going to buy a Canyon Lux because I, I like the way they look and I like the uh, spec you get for the money. But not once in 2023 was the World Cup model uh, in stock. Literally not once. I started checking, been checking for a couple years, every month or so, just to kind of see uh, what's available, and they've been out of stock. They had the, the trail version, which I don't want, and the really, really, uh, their, their lowest end Lux uh, in stock. But by the time I replaced half the parts, it's like, you know what, that's dumb buy a low-end one and then replace most of everything. So I got a notice uh, the other day that the Lux World Cup is in stock again. And sure enough, I assumed the reason they never got them uh, out in 2023 is because they couldn't get the components or they were waiting for SRAM's new uh, access transmission because that is, of course, for the 24 and many 23 bikes that was uh, what they all moved to. So I get the notice, I run over to the website, and they only have one model. Not the, the high-end one, that's still missing in action, and it shows a picture of at least two-year-old uh, bike, so I don't know what's going on there. But the CF8, which is, I believe, their kind of middle of the road, is in stock, at least it, it was, uh, yeah, still in stock. They only have four left of a couple sizes, so... But small, medium, and large all all seem fine. It's kind of a dark red, uh, red. It's beautiful actually. I for I, I usually buy black or gray bikes, but I'd be perfectly happy with this particular color scheme, the CF8. It is fifty four ninety nine, which is not horrible. I mean, it used to be horrible. Uh, five years ago, that would be probably you know forty two or something. So hey, there we are. So I go, let me look what you get here. $5,500. Uh, of course, there's tax and shipping. So you're looking at 6000 bucks. You do get a factory Fox fork, 100 millimeter, and factory Fox rear shock. You don't get the cheaper performance. So that's kind of cool. You get GX axis transmission, which... Uh, looks like what is that the yeah that's gx uh that looks fine i like uh axis 
you get a rigid seat post, which for me is good. For many others, it's like a crap. I got to spend another couple hundred bucks. The wheels are the XMC 1700. That's not exactly... Those are like 350. I just saw a pair of them uh, on some website. Kind of a blowout for 350 bucks a pair. So I like that they're DT Swiss. I'm a huge fan of their wheels, so I would be happy with that. I do have a pair of carbon wheels, DT, that I would just swap on there. Uh, unfortunately, it has SRAM brakes, which I'm no fan of. But overall, for six grand, I don't think I'd have to replace really anything. You know, maybe the wheels on race day. And that's got an Ergon saddle, Ergon grips. So I'd be, be happy with that. So I don't know exactly what to do if I am going to buy one. 5500 bucks seems reasonable. The Trek Super Caliber would be my local pick it up at a bike shop option and i believe there are at least six grand and with 75 mil of travel and a crappier fork so i don't know you know the specialized epic has been around now it seems like they're about due for a new one so i'd be looking at it five to six thousand bucks and uh i don't know the build is not bad but still it's a lot of money so anyway, let's talk about something else foreign, if you will, non-United States. Let's talk about Gemini. They make uh, carbon bars and some carbon wheels, I believe, eh, just carbon stuff. Uh, but they've got a chain ring, which if you haven't seen the new sites, called a Riggle, R-I-G-E-L, Riggle Carbon. It's a one, just a single chain ring for one by uh, platforms and it's 39 grams for the entire chain ring which is kind of ridiculously light but the thing that caught my eye I would never in a million years put a carbon chain ring uh, you know these are these are the type of products that danger home and these other YouTube guys who build up these ridiculously expensive weird bikes just to get you know attention if you will uh, that's something they would use but this particular chain ring claims not only is it 39 grams, but it's got a part, a piece of aluminum sandwiched in between it. So if you should check this out, go Google Gemini R-I-G-E-L Riggle. Uh, it's a wonderfully smart idea. They've got, you know, inside is a, like a spine of aluminum. And then the carbon is wrapped around it. That's nothing unusual. There are a lot of components over the years have been aluminum with carbon uh, wrapped around them but the teeth are exposed on just the inside edges not even the tips really looks like they're uh, and not from the side you would never see the aluminum but just the, the parts that actually touch the rollers of the chain uh, there's some really hard aluminum sandwiched in there so the wear and tear would be uh, kind of pushed into the aluminum part of the ring and the teeth are just for guiding it uh, around as it spins so uh it's pretty clever now here's the best part now normally i don't i'd look at this stuff and go oh god it's gonna be 328 dollars for a stupid chain ring you know when you can you can get much cheaper a wolf tooth or something but the price is what blew my mind uh, especially for something that's patented and you know unique uh, it is, I believe, 150 bucks U.S. dollars. 
of course it's in pounds and euros and uh what is it third i don't know it's around 180 bucks it, it's actually reasonable now i say reasonable because if you've priced out any of the new uh sram transmission t-type replacement chain rings they're 150 bucks now i mean they used to be i used to pick those up i've got a a whole workbench drawer full of uh, SRAM chain rings that I've bought over the years, different sizes. I got 28, 30, 32, 34, and then I've got a couple replacements I bought when they started to wear out. I paid 50 to 65 bucks for those things. And then the SL versions came out three, four, or five years ago, and they were up to like 80 bucks. Uh, you know, I'd go buy them on eBay for, for 50. Well, the new ones are well over 100 now. They're like a hundred and a quarter. So you think about that, you go, you know what? That's just a chunk of aluminum, you know, machined out. Um, I'm sure they're beautifully made and all that, but this is something that not only is unique looking and ridiculously light and solid. There's no cutouts or anything. It looks really cool. It's raw, raw carbon. Uh, but you might, they're claiming longevity is actually superior to pure aluminum. So this is one of those weird things I might actually buy someday if I'm bored and got some uh, bike budget left. So that's kind of cool. Um, let's talk while we're here about something. I, I was going to do a uh, favorite stuff of the year. You've seen all these things. Bob Smith at Bike Rumor says, here's my 10 favorite things. And you look at him and you go, oh my God, it's a jacket. You know, I like these gloves. Um, I found this fruit drink powder. That's great. And uh, yeah, whatever that stuff is. So I look at some of that, I go, eh, who gives a crap? You know, I'm, I'm, that is no bearing on anything. Uh, and, and a few of them I saw recently, I sound like a whiner. I get it, but everybody, you know, there's 10 of these on every site every year. So-and-so's favorite things of the year. And you go read them. They've gotten so bad that most of them, a lot of them anyway, were not even bike parts or bike related or cycling or it was like here's some music I liked uh, here's a place I went to that was neat uh, here's to mental health uh, it's, it's like wait a minute here this is just your personal kind of list of stuff that you like okay I didn't I don't need that call me heartless that's fine uh, I have my own things I'm worried about uh, liking and not liking. So uh, I'm going to go with my uh, couple things that I was surprised by. How about that? And there's only three of them. First of all, axis shifting. I have Gen I bought the Gen 1, you know, the old original axis 12 speed on my cross country bike. And I put it on around, mm, I think it was around June or July. Uh, it was marked down fairly, fairly drastically. Uh, I, I believe the cassettes were always the problem for me. I'll be honest with you. That's why I never upgraded to 12. I, I upgraded and sold it all like two days later, right when Eagle came out, the mechanical Eagle came out. Uh, it was just too much money and it wasn't a different enough from what I had. But I got a good deal at the, you know, these $450 cassettes. I think I paid $218 for them, brand new. So I bought a couple of those, and then I got the uh, upgrade kit. 
the uh, shifter, rear derailleur, and whatever else, battery charger. I think I, the XX1, the top of the line, I think I paid 780 or 800 bucks for the whole thing. Um, down from, I don't know what it was, 12 or 1300. So I felt like I got, you know, it's still a lot of money, but it wasn't a completely horrible, shockingly amount to upgrade. And I got to be honest with you, I instantly got used to it and I would never go back. I don't think, uh, it just was, it worked exactly how I hoped it would. It's perfect. Shifting is always perfect. I don't care what anybody says. Maybe I got lucky with my setup. I just followed the instructions. It has been the last six months of the year, the last races I used it on. I remember thinking right in the middle of the race, this is amazing. If I, I could just hit click, 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 click four times, and I don't even have to think about whether I hit it just right, whether I'm in between a gear, you know, it it, it was it might it might have clunked. It still makes some the same clunky noises, but I never once had an issue where it didn't shift correctly and perfectly uh, so that was a huge win uh, for me now that also relates to my second best of favorite thing I did on the for my bikes uh, and that is go back to mechanical believe it or not isn't that kind of weird uh, on my Atsu Wojtek which is fat bike and I also put 29er wheels on it and ride around like a regular bike sometimes uh, it's also kind of the bike I use when I go riding with my with my kids. Uh, I just kind of use that bike uh, in the summer. But I went in and bought a whole other set of Axis and put it on that bike for a day and immediately realized I actually did not want it on a bike that is going to be put through the winter because I really don't, didn't want to deal with batteries in cold weather. And it just... I kind of missed mechanical shifting. So I put my 11 speed back on, sold all of the, I had an X01 upgrade kit and again, a couple cassettes because I have like three sets of wheels for my other fat bike. So I needed three cassettes. Um, I had that all dialed in and sold it all and went back to uh, 11 speed. Uh, SRAM X1, XX, whatever it is, X1, I don't know. Uh, Went back to it. Now, my main issue for going to 12-speed was that I wanted a little more climbing gear. And 12-speed made sense. I get to keep my my 10 at the low end. I had a 32 on the front. 10 and 50 with a 32 on my cross-country bike was plenty. Uh, I loved having that extra 50 tooth because, uh, again, I was using uh, the 42 in the back was my 32-42. Uh, so the extra eight in the back teeth really helped, but I threw a 28 tooth chain ring on the front of my fat bike, went back to 11 speed, dialed it all in, got it all cleaned, and and it's been perfect. The 28 in the front, 42 in the rear, gives me almost exactly the same type of feel and range as the Eagle 12 speed, and it's it really is, I mean, it's almost half a pound, if not more, lighter than the Eagle setup with the SRAM uh, Axis. So not only is it way lighter, and I already had three cassettes, but uh, it's really fun again to kind of have both. I actually like having both options, the mechanical and the Axis. So 
Uh, and again, for the winter and the horrible snow and muck and stuff, I don't have to worry about dealing with uh, batteries or anything. It was never a problem in the summer. I charge them regularly, but uh, I don't know. Kind of went old school. So that was kind of a wake-up call. Hey, you know what? I actually like both. I don't have to have the same thing on every bike like I normally would. Uh, what else? The last thing uh, was Silka, S-I-L-C-A. I don't know if you guys are aware of Silka. I ran into them and talked to the uh, Silka guy at the Iceman Cometh uh, trade show thing. They had a great booth. And I always thought Silka was a European company way back in the day. And they're actually in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is probably four or five hour drive from me. Uh, so I didn't realize they were a Midwest company, but eh, I don't want to say they're mainly roadie based, but they seem to have a little more of a bent in that direction. But that's, you know, that's not bad. That's fine. But uh, I wanted to try their sealant because um, I started seeing reviews about it and they're saying how incredible it is. It's got little tiny carbon fibers. Now I've been using orange seal, regular orange seal for ever since I went tubeless, I don't know, three, four years ago and never had any issues with it. It always has sealed up. I haven't really had any flat tires. I did have a weird situation on my fat bike where it lost all air when on a ride with my kids, I was about three miles away from home, and I had just put on some fancy new lightweight carbon rims and didn't want to ruin them, so I pushed my bike for three miles. To this day, I don't know what caused that. It wasn't a leak, you know, like a, a puncture. I don't know what happened. Um, but anyway, uh, but other than that, I've had no issues. But I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try this just to see. Uh, they gave, you know six seven bucks off if you bought some at the uh, Iceman uh, event so I bought a bottle and the more I got to reading it and studying it and watching videos I realized this stuff is kind of a superior idea you you use a regular sealant and then you have a little bottle that's much cheaper and you can pour it in as you know six months to a year later and it kind of revives the whole a liquid and you can keep going with it so for me who's got multiple wheels and was always pulling my wheel down to put it on and realizing there was the sealant had dried up without any good way to check it uh this seemed like a great idea so i bought some and i've used it now in two sets of wheels and it's worked fantastic uh, you can't even shoot it through the valve seal because it will literally plug that up. So you have to pour it in uh, with the, the casing uh, popped off the rim, which I don't like that part of it. I like to uh, put the tire all the way on and then fill up the sealant through the valve. But, you know, I learned to adapt. But if I can really get six months to a year without having to put more sealant in and just by using a little replenisher bottle, uh, that could be kind of game changing. I, I, I will go through a lot less. Uh, orange seal is not particularly cheap. You know, I buy like the eight ounce or 16 ounce bottles. It's getting up near 30 bucks now for a bottle. And if you got to keep filling up, I mean, it adds up. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So far, the way it's sealed up very quickly and uh, we'll see. But that's my 
favorite stuff of the year. And my goal this year is to not buy anything new. I didn't really buy that much last year. I bought a few things and sold them, realizing I didn't really need it. And I'm going to try and really hunker down this year and spend money on things that matter. I'm going to try a coach for the first time in 32 years. I'll let you know about that in the next one. I'm trying to kind of pick one right now and see who would be a good fit for me. And see if I can't at least improve uh, my races this year. I didn't have a particularly great, satisfying year. Um, kind of middle of the pack as usual. But I'd like to see if I... I I'm not that far off. I'm only a couple minutes off in some of these races. Being way, way higher up. So I need to do something to get that extra little bit out of me. And I'm going to try a coach. What the heck? You only live once. All right. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you ever so much for listening to Short Travel Magazine. 